Yeah, I heard that. I was looking at the, uh, I was looking through the SD card and I heard a podcast on there with Blakely. Yeah, they were singing. Then she said she don't want to talk about music. Or yeah, she don't want to talk about music no more. She want to talk about camping. Camping. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all hadn't been on a camp in a while. Yeah, we went uh, not long ago. We went up to Fort Mountain. Oh yeah, that's right. I think y'all were on the kayak trip. When the battle stopped and the smoke cleared, there was thunder from the throne and seven Spanish angels took another angel home. Man. (laughs) (laughs) Are we supposed to say something when he does that? Mm, You say this. (laughs) Hmm. Get you some of that, son. If I don't touch your soul, I don't know what does. Seven Spanish angels, boy. Uh, Can you play anything? You play an instrument? Uh, man, you know, I wish I could, man. I, no, he can play one thing. Uh, he's good at the butt trumpet. <laughs> he can tune. He can raise. Not as good as lower. you. You've got much more discipline there. <laughs> no, not as much as you. I ain't ever heard nobody fart as much as you. No, that's true. <laughs> You'd set some kind of a record. Stinking Brooke farted on the. Uh, oh, we Jeopardy had episode. we had all kinds of uh, all kinds of noises going on in the Jeopardy episode. Let me read y'all. All right, let me read y'all some of our reviews here on iTunes podcast player. <laughs> iTunes. <laughs> I don't ever know what to call this thing. It's the it's the podcast thing on the I think it's Apple Podcast on the iPhone. That's it. Look, I the, the reason tunes. we the reason we ask you guys to leave reviews on here is because it helps the show. It helps the show um, like show up in places so people can find it more. The more reviews it gets, the more the show populates, and the more people find the show that wouldn't otherwise find it. Which is good, um, because. The content moderators at Instagram have significantly decreased my ability to reach anybody with anything unless it's uh, in alignment with their guidelines. It's that shadow ban. Oh, yeah, shadow ban. Chili told me a while back I was shadow banned. So one way that we can, you guys can help us is to leave us a review on this little podcast thing on your iPhone here. Listen to this dang review. Why, why, why are you calling it a dang review? Is it bad or something? Oh, just listen to this. Right. Chili is the Michael Jordan of the show. Mm-hmm. Five stars. The kid Chili is one of the best runners on earth. Chad needs to take a back seat when it comes to this guy. I agree. Look him up. His races are amazing. <laughs> He's going to continue to blow his competition out of the water. Great show. I love it. This was from Fonzie, 4345. That wasn't even nothing about the show. He just... <laughs> we need to bring that guy on the podcast. <laughs> hey, it's not Billy the Kid. It's Chili the Kid. This... And what, didn't he call him a kid there? Yeah, Chili the Kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like Fonzie. The, the Iceman. Listen, I, I went in the coffee shop today, and I look over against the wall, and there sits two people, man and the woman, and one of them's got a Mandate Freedom shirt on. I get in line... I said, well, I'm going to go talk to that guy. I didn't recognize him. I went over there and said, nice shirt, man. And he said, thanks. 
are you chili? <laughs> I said, no, I'm Blake. And uh, so that just goes to show, really, just people want to see chili anymore. <gasps> he just, and, I think it's because we look alike. No. That's I what people say. I think no, he, you're a megastar, He just dude. wanted to see you. Nah. Um, I mean, people are leaving reviews about you on, on the podcast, man. Well, see, it ain't because of anything special about me. They're trying to get at you. You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, they think it'll be funny if they get on there and write a review about Chili because Chad will be like, ah. Oh. I read all these reviews. I get on there every couple of days and just look at what people are saying about the show. We we got five stars. We've got a few. We've got a few that wasn't five stars. One in particular. Yeah, I remember that. Somebody <laughs> somebody was a little upset with us. Yeah. But uh, overwhelmingly, the show gets five stars, and I'm, I'm I'm happy about that. Here's another one. Um, this is man, this is humbling right here. Hands down, the best show I've ever listened to. Uh, that's humbling right there. I've listened to hundreds of episodes of some of the world's top podcasts, and this is just what I needed in this season of my life. Had it had been a great pleasure to uh, sit down and know the 307 Project crew, this must be somebody that we've met before, bringing the true light into a dark world in a fresh and understandable way. I love you guys. Uh, the The name here is... I.S. Parks underscore flying. Parks flying. Parks flying. Is Parks flying? Isn't, uh, isn't um, Blake's last name Park? Was it Blake Parks? He was at the Proving Ground. That may have been. That may be Blake. I don't know. I, I don't remember his last name. but Parks flying. Well, it may be Sparks flying. Sparks oh, flying. Oh, yeah. Oh, it probably is. Yeah. It's probably not I.S. Yeah. Parks. <laughs> yeah, Sparks flying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That, that doesn't make some more sense there. Um, I don't know. I love reading these reviews. I appreciate it, it you guys. Could, you know what else? It could be ISP arcs flying. Like could the be. arc, like a flying arc. arc. It could be a welder. Yeah. Well, I like Fonzie. Well, of course you do. I never freaking heard of a review like that in my life. No. We need to meet Fonzie. <sighs> I'll, well, I'll tell you what the old Iceman can't do. He can't close the deal. He is. Ice man. They call me the ice man. I mean, he cannot close the deal. And it ain't nothing like Chuck Liddell, ice man. No, it's like George Gervin. Yeah, they call me the ice man. Always have. (laughs) Yeah, because you freeze up. No, that ain't why. You freeze up right at the moment of truth. That ain't why. They used to call me ice man. Well, that's why we call you ice man is because you freeze up at the moment of truth. You like one of them men they find up on... uh, one of them big mountains. Everest that, that died. Froze up in the thing. <laughs> no, man. How have you, dude, how have you been, how, how do you like hunting, for real? This I've, is your first couple hunts. I told you. I'd, I've done an accurate appraisal of how I would like everything even before I've tried it. And I told you, I don't like sitting still. Yeah. I, I want to kill a deer and have some meat, but I don't like sitting still. I like to move. Does it give you some time to think, though? Because it forces you to sit still? I mean, does it? do you get anything good out of it? No, I think about waiting on a deer. Yeah. That's all I'm thinking about. You're just ready to kill and get down, ain't you? <laughs> Pretty much. Well, when he's hunting with me, that generally happens. <laughs> well, let me tell y'all. I didn't get to tell this hunting story last time. I'll just tell one. 
one time me and Chad, I don't know how old we were. We was hunting on top <laughs> of this, this mountain. There's a cell phone tower up there. <clears throat> and we're up there hunting and this these deer come in and Chad didn't see them. I seen them first. And uh he says I think I asked him if I could shoot him or something cuz he was like in charge of that hunt cuz he's older than me and he said yeah, you can shoot him. So I've got, I don't even remember what I had, like maybe a seven millimeter all eight or something like that. I think it probably was, yeah. And I shot this buck, had chocolate horns, real dark. I don't know how big he was. And he went down. And back then, we didn't see a lot of deer. So to see a buck was a big deal. Yeah. Y'all understand, we, we would hunt and maybe see a few deers every season. Yeah. So he fell right there. He hit the dirt. And I said, he's down. Well, he stopped. I don't know where I hit him. He went to pushing with his back legs, and he was moving. And, you know, deer rifle, you got about four shots. And I shot all my bullets at that deer <laughs> while he was pushing himself down the hollow with his back legs. I don't remember. It seemed like he was, like, a really long ways away, but he's probably maybe like 100 yards or well, something. Well, through the woods, I mean, where we hunt at here in, in northwest Georgia, it's not um, – you you don't get a lot of open. There's not. It's, you're not hunting fields or food plots or. Yeah. We're hunting dense woods. Yeah. So it seemed like a long ways through there. But anyways, I had shot all of my bullets, and Chad is an arm's length from me, sitting next to me in the in the tree stand, and he's he has brought Dad's rifle, which was an old Ruger. Stainless. They called it the skeleton stock or like a boat paddle stock it was real light and like recessed back and it was a 300 mag wasn't it yeah and it kicked like a mule and i don't even know why he brought it and i said chad i've i've shot all my bullets at this deer and he's still alive and he's getting away shoot him with your gun shoot him and he's like i'm not shooting this gun and i said what what do you mean you're not shooting a gun he said I'll hand it over over here across the trees to you, and you can shoot him with this gun, but I'm not going to shoot it. <laughs> and I was like, man, what the crap? And so... He got some mad... What? Yeah, I mean, it's like I was hunting semi by myself, like we were just hunting yeah. without Dad. You know, that's like a big deal when you're a kid. You get to go out on your own. We seen this deer. I shot him, and he's getting away, and Chad won't shoot him because he's scared of the recoil of that 300 that why? mag. What was the reason? Yeah, that's why. No, I wouldn't shoot it because he's the one that shot the deer. And he <laughs> should I was teaching him a lesson. No. He should have <laughs> yeah. took his time with them other three shots he took and Here, this 15-year-old is, I'm going to teach that boy a lesson. <laughs> a wise 15-year-old, however old he was. But So, so were you not going to shoot that gun, period? No, no, I was gonna shoot it. He was scared to death. Like I wasn't gonna shoot a deer that he had already shot. Well, I remember, I yeah, well, remember him saying, I, "I'm not shooting this gun." He said, "I'll hand it over to you, and you can shoot it." And I said, "Well, so you know what? The deer gets away, and we never do find it." Oh God, didn't find anything, blood or nothing. I don't remember. No, I think we you might have found have, a little where I hit it. You and may then, not ever hit him. You may just. Just spooked just, him. Yeah, he just got so paralyzed to fear. He got in low crawl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you may have never hit him. Yeah. So well, yeah, that one got away. You learned your lesson though, didn't you? Yeah. Don't don't count on you for nothing. Don't count on me for nothing, son. 
Just because I've got a gun don't mean nothing. Yeah. Even if he said if he if he didn't say those words, that was the first time he ever said that. Don't count on me for nothing. Yeah. I mean, gosh, I'd hate to be in battle with him. Chad, put some cover fire down for me. No. You can do it. I'll give you the gun and you can do it. I'm not putting cover fire I ain't down. Wasted my bullets. I ain't got but three mags. I remember that ticked me off. Oh man. man. Well, tell tell the world about your first hunt, Chili, because I, I don't know. I tell you what, not many people get a first hunt like your first hunt went. Well, I'm I am aware of that. Um, but you want me to tell it? I ain't a good storyteller. Yeah, tell them about well, it. Well, so there I was, six feet off the ground, <laughs> <laughs> to the top of his head. Now let let me go ahead and tell you. I'm gonna tell this story. A hundred percent accurately. Huh. Okay. Anything Chad says is a complete freaking lie about this story. I will tell it a hundred percent true. <sighs> so Chad's fired up. This is the, by the way, this is the, the day we're recording. This is the last day of a five day hunt that Chad's <laughs> what, so that we hunted about. two days, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I gotta go home. I gotta go home and pack more shirts, man. And um, but tonight we're going to go again and I ain't killed nothing, but the first night was last Thursday and he's fired up. So we go out, we, uh, we get out in the woods. We're not very far in whatever. We find a good spot and we're pretty close together. So Chad's right, right here to the left of me uh, on up a tree, probably what 15 feet up. I mean, yeah. not real high. So I get on my tree. We're already kind of up on a hill, and I get about six feet up, and I said, that's good. So I, <laughs> I looked over at him. I said, keep going up. He said, no. <laughs> Which, to, to give him credit, he did have a nice lane. Yeah. But, and me and you talked about that. When you hunt in these, in these woods, it, the leaves aren't all the way off the trees yet. When you get you from the ground, you can see out through there, but you get up in the tree and you, you got all these leaves and all this cover up in the tree. And it's nice to be up high because you can move around and it gets your scent up off the ground, but you can't see as well. So he did have a nice little yeah. hole there. Listen, I see I, why he stopped. I wasn't but six foot off the ground, but I had a clear vision of what I wanted to see, the, the direction we were looking out. So we get there. I get set up. Uh, we're both set up now, and of course I'm moving a lot because I can't sit still, being loud. But Chad ain't quiet either. He, I don't I had know, had a he, coughing fit there for yeah. a minute. Dad, <laughs> gone. Yeah, and he, and the way he, he goes, <gasps> you needed that cough silencer. You remember them cough yeah. silencers? <clears throat> what a freaking joke. <laughs> but uh, so neither one of us is being quiet. But uh, we're we're waiting. It's it's about. I don't know, been an hour, and I'm getting real impatient. I mean, I'm about, I'm about ready to do something. And then you I'm You did well, though. You sat really still. I yeah, mean, well, and I'm like... for you, Chili. And so I'm like, well, let's just settle in here. And it wasn't, but I don't know, probably 30 minutes later, probably an hour and a half total in when we heard yeah. grunting. Like, I heard it one time, and I went, hmm. And then... <laughs> Did you yeah. do it that loud? Did you yeah. know what that was? Oh yeah, and and uh, and I paused, and it didn't do it for a second, and then it started doing it 
with every about every breath. Yeah, just grunting, and uh, I could hear some rustling too. And so I started looking, and didn't see nothing, didn't see nothing, but I hear them moving now, uh, towards us, and and then I finally look and I see flash of a of a doe, and I swear I I saw a flash of a buck. I I'm, I don't know. I saw some deer and heard him grunting. And I knew where they were now, but I, I couldn't see them at this point. And so I start looking down uh, through the scope at them. Because you can't see anything. I can't see nothing. With your naked eye. No. And uh, put on the scope Chili glasses. just needs, uh, he instead of, that, I need to mount those binoculars to to that, my nods mount on my helmet. Instead of the night vision goggles, uh-huh. just have where he can flip those binoculars down and he yeah, can have permanent I, binoculars. I ain't fixing to see nothing. I, I want LASIK surgery, but I don't want to get it. But anyway, I'm looking through the scope because I can't see my hand in front of my face. And I, uh, I mean, out of nowhere, I, a, a doe comes into my, my line of sight. <clears throat> and so I, I, I watch it come down and it's coming right towards me. So I look, and then I look back up and I see another one coming. And I, I look and there's another one behind it. And so I put my, my gun back down or, I don't know what I did, but I. No, you had you kept your gun up. I kept my okay on your on your rest. Yeah. Okay. Either oh yeah, that's right. Because then, <clears throat> but I took my eye off of it and watched them come in, and I was still looking out for that buck. Didn't see him. Uh, then those does come. I mean, right underneath me. Mm-hmm. I mean, right underneath me. I, I could have. Good thing they didn't pick their head up. They'd have hit you bottom of your stand. Yeah. <laughs> I well, couldn't believe they didn't see him. I mean, he was being rock still. Yeah, well, they uh, initially, upon walking in underneath me, one of them kind of spooked. It ran off just a little ways and then turned around, you know, and moved its head and stomped its feet, tried to get me to move. And um, they finally just got over it. I mean, they st- they just walked around, picked around down there for <laughs> 15 minutes. And I'm just trying not to move while also looking out for the uh for the buck to come and then finally i don't know what it was um i guess i moved too much they no she come down that old doe come back behind you and had got your wind yeah is what it was you never moved she just got far enough down that little draw behind yeah. you where she got your wind well eventually they got yeah they they ran off and so they're up on the hill to the right of us now just blowing and so that time Chad's like, why didn't you shoot them? Why didn't you shoot that big drove? And I'm oh, like, mad. I'm like, what are you, what in the world is your problem? What do you think I'm doing? I'm, I'm trying to wait on uh, the buck and I should have. Here's what I've been thinking is that probably wasn't real smart because when they ran off, he was liable to go run off too. And I just went to making all that racket. Yeah. And I was just assuming that he was going to be there. Um, I probably shouldn't have assumed that, but I did. And well, turned out I was right. Cause I looked when they ran off, I looked back down through the scope down through there and here he is. He fi- I finally see him and he's just walking along, but he's behind a tree. I mean, I just see his, I see his back end a little bit and his head. And so I'm looking and he stops right there and I'm like, oh man. And I was like, well, I'm going to. If he walks out and I have a clear shot, I'll take it on him. And then he started walking off, but he walked off behind the tree. I mean, I couldn't. 
the world. <laughs> but I couldn't, uh, I never, I mean, I never had anything close to a clear shot. And I'm like, well, crap. And I, I but I, I give it a second, wait, wait. And I'm like, man, he's, he's gone for me because he was too, he was moving too far to the right. I was totally blocked. And so by this time I look back, I put my gun on my lap and look back at Chad. And then he's looking down through his scope over to the right. And I went, oh man. With his old smoke pole. <laughs> yeah. He stands up and I'm like, I was going to say something, but I thought, oh no, he'll kill me if I say something. And then I turn back forward. I'm looking out over there like, oh man. And then all of a sudden I hear <laughs> and it was Chad trying to get that, that buck to stop. And I went, Oh crap. He's about to boom. <laughs> and I looked back up at him and I said, did you hit him good? And he went, Oh yeah. The old deer, the old closer, son. What I hear happen is you looking at that deer through your scope and rigor mortis set in. <laughs> And you just seized up. You couldn't move no. See, you should have shot him through the butt, Chili. Yeah, or well, headshot. Shoot him in the I head. Could, I could have shot him in the head, but that's um, how you save meat. Yeah. Well, I could have shot him in the head, but I was like, man, they're calling me the Ice Man because I froze up. I, what was I supposed to do? You you seized close up, the man. deal, man. Close all, the deal without a headshot. Well, I should. I could have shot him in the head, but you forgot about that, didn't you? <laughs> You forgot about that head. You got, you got a, a $2,000 scope on that gun. Yeah. Yeah, well. That thing will drive tax at 500 yards. <laughs> All I got to say is it ain't like I didn't close the deal. I just well, didn't have the opportunity that I needed. It, it actually is that you didn't close the deal. <laughs> that That's what happened. There wasn't no deal to close, man. Look, when it comes down to killing, y'all just ain't going to hang. Neither one of y'all gonna hang with me. Well, say what you want. This joker right here, when it comes down to the actual killing part, that's the part that I do. Yeah. Well, you had a good shot, and you took it. <clears throat> good job. I, I don't know if you call it a good shot, because when I saw that buck, he was walking toward them does on top of the hill, because obviously one of them were, were in heat, and he, he wasn't going to leave them. And I couldn't get him to stop. And I glanced ahead I and know, saw. I know, he never stopped, did he? No, I saw, I said, if this joker takes two more steps, he's he's gone. So I just shot, he was walking when I shot him. and But you had a clear he, view of Yeah, his, I, he was broadside. I, I mean, I never had a clear view of his vitals at all. I couldn't not even remotely. stop for nothing. He was not paying no attention to me. You learned a lot on that first hunt, Jilly. I mean, that's, that was a demonstration. Fun. Yeah. Huh? What I learned. That was a demo. Yeah. You that, tried that, it out. That, that Chad will shoot them out from under you. Yep. And you forgot all them vitals are in the head, too. I put them down yeah. like a sack of taters, man. <laughs> you put you hit them in that old noggin. They ain't going nowhere. Well, I could have. That's a small target, but I could have hit him. I mean, I just, I was waiting on him to expose his all right. side to me. I no, saw it. Now, <laughs> I, this, this buck, uh, you know. He was it, a decent deer. It is what it is. He's he's a good buck. Um we get down, walk up right onto his blood trail. He's he's bleeding bad. Like it won't nothing. Have you, you taken over the story now? Are you about to start lying? Um and well he <laughs> we probably didn't go twenty five yards and there he laid. Uh huh. We had him. I taught Chili how to gut a deer. 
he helped me out with that. Well, he was on the side of a big mountain. He held the legs for me, and, <laughs> and we got that done. Uh, now, the thing is, when you have an old doe coming on you, you better go ahead and kill her or just go ahead and inspect. She's going to pick you out. They're so dang smart. An old doe, an old nanny doe. Same as old buck. Well, yeah, but right now the bucks are crazy. Yeah. They they don't even they they don't hardly give a crap. I I was on a run the other day, and I squatted down in the trail because there was a bunch of deer running everywhere. I squatted down, and the, the deer was running all around me. They didn't even care. They they never saw me. Yeah, they were just nuts. But a doe, a old doe, she's gonna get you. She's gonna smell you or see you. Generally, a deer will not really spook and just get on out of there unless you alert two of their senses so if they just see you they're gonna stand around and stomp at you and look at you and try to get you to move but they generally won't won't bolt out of there the reason that deer ended up running and blowing is because they had seen you and then they smelled you or if they would have seen you and then heard you or if they hear you and smell you you've about got to get them two senses for them to bolt or if you just stand up in your tree stand and start getting down. Well, yeah, that'll work too. <laughs> so we get up the next morning. We go again. We, we ease back up in a spot, and we're sitting on the ground. And it ain't it, we ain't been there for long, 30 minutes or so, and I hear one coming up behind us. I mean, it was, it was, on, it was at a trot. And I looked over at Chile, and I said, Get ready, get ready, get your gun up. Here it comes. Well, what he should have done, the the deer wasn't in sight. You could just hear it running through the leaves. He should have quickly got his rifle and turned in the direction that we knew the deer was running at us from. Right? So that way, as soon as the deer came into view. Well, that's essentially what I did. I made too much noise. No, you were very, very slow. In, yeah, that, slow. in that moment, when that deer's trotting, it's not going to hear you, right? So instead of being slow in that moment, that deer was running right into our laps. Instead of being slow, you should have got your rifle, turned quickly, and been in position for when that deer came over the military crest of that little hill right there, you could have blasted it, but you were too slow. So Iceman froze up again. I he mean, was expecting on, it to had, come over the civilian crest. Had had eyes had ice in his veins. He couldn't move I mean, fast enough on. to get in position. You're learning, Chili. I mean, that's just no. Part you, of the, you act like that was the mistake. You, I mean, when that, it when it comes to killing, let me tell you why most people can't kill stuff. When it comes to killing, you've got to know when to move, how fast to move, and you've got to take the dang shot when the shot presents itself. And it's not always going to be the perfect shot. I'm not saying sh- take a shot that that is completely not feasible, you right? Take the ethical shot. Yeah, you. Yeah, but it's not always going to be the perfect shot. But when a an acceptable shot presents itself, don't say if this animal moves another 15 yards, I'm going to in this direction. I'm going to have the perfect shot. Yeah. Because what's going to happen? You're going to pass up on the acceptable shot. And you're going to expect him to move 15 yards this way. Well, what, is, what the deer is going to do is going to move 15 yards the opposite direction you thought he was headed. 
and then you never get another shot at all, even an acceptable one. So you got to know when to move, the speed to move, and you got to take that first acceptable shot. And people just can't do that. And the shot's got to be good also. See, what happens to me when I'm in killing mode, I mean, a lot of times I go out and I'm not in killing mode. I'm just out there to be out there. But when I'm like, like when me and Chili went, I was in the killing mode. What happens is something takes over my body when I know it's happening and it's time to kill. And I don't even have to think about stuff. My body just moves. It's this fluid thing. My body just moves in position. The shot's always good. Uh, the, the movement's always fluid. No, there's no hiccups. But I don't even have to think about it. It's just baked into who it's I autopilot. am. It's autopilot. It is. It, it's flip. muscle memory. Yeah. Like, I don't think about anything. It just all happens. And, you know, it's just just part of it. But... <laughs> Well, I mean, <laughs> what are we going to talk about of value on here today? Well, well I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go hit the head real quick while y'all sit in here. What the crap, man? Well, I mean, I just, just about what you just said. What, you, it's, you're really nitpicking with what I have did wrong on either one of those. Oh, yeah. I mean, the first one in particular. The second one, yeah, I shouldn't have moved that way. But, I mean, good grief. That very, that very well. I didn't know where it was. I didn't quite know where it was. I mean, I heard the rustling. I, you heard it first, and then I, I finally hear it. But I'm like, well, I got to move. Mm-hmm. I got to shift here. Mm-hmm. You didn't shift. Were you not going to? I wasn't going to shoot the deer. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't. I was going to well, let you do it. I am I probably won't shoot any more deers. I mean, unless it's, it's going to have to be a show enough good one. Why not? I'm. I, I mean... One's enough for me. I, I just, you know, I just like to, I like to keep keep my killer instinct, uh, fresh. I, yeah, I like you know, you got to sharpen the edge on that thing. If you go a long time without killing anything, you get dulled up. So I just like to refreshing it every now and then, you know, a couple of times a year. And well, Blake asked me when the last time I drew blood was, and it was uh, about a. Mm, Three, four hours after he asked me, I ran over a possum on the way home. So Did you? How about that? Son, <laughs> I don't know how long it's been since I've killed a deer. It's been a while. Really? Yeah. Yeah, you're a bird killer. Yeah, you killed Years. a turkey last year, didn't you? Yeah, I killed a lot. I killed a lot of, well, I say a lot. I've killed a lot of turkeys. I didn't kill a lot last year. Just one. Turkeys don't count. Yeah, how many you killed? Oh, a passel. You ain't kill no passel. You count on one I used hand. to I used to go out for for the for every year for three years in turkey season, I would go out turkey hunting one time. And every time I would kill a turkey. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be real still for that. I don't believe it. You don't think that's true? <sighs> no, it ain't. It's true. true. I got uh I'll show you the Listen, pictures. Chad can't remember where he hunted yesterday. You think he remembers if he <laughs> killed a turkey on the first try? That's for one three thing years? I don't forget. Every every animal I have killed, I I can visualize it perfectly in my mind. Where I was, what time it was, what it looked like, what the animal did, everything. I don't know how I remember it so well. Well, I got one more chance tonight. Well, let's see what happens. Uh. Well, welcome to the 307 Podcast, everybody. 
um, I you know I I don't know kind you know kind of what's been on my mind is really goes back to what I shared on Resurrected last night, and it's it's going back to my struggle internally between the carnal warrior that I am and the spiritual warrior that God has called me to be. And it's very it's very frustrating, I think, to maybe me in particular because of the the carnal warrior part of me and how I was trained as a seal and all this. When you're trained as a warrior, flesh and blood, right? You're trained to go and engage in, in battles that you know you can win, or at least there's a good chance that you will win. You're not going to go out into a battle that you just know for a fact you're going to lose. You just ain't going to, you're going to just bow out and live to fight another day. Um, that's what ORM is all about, operational mm-hmm. risk management. But I, I've come to the realization that Jesus Christ has called us as spiritual warriors, has called us to engage in a fight where we cannot achieve ultimate victory until he returns. So here I am, as a spiritual warrior, fighting a battle here in this realm against evil that I can't win. As a matter of fact, I'm going to continuously lose until he returns. And that's rubbing up real hard against the flesh and blood warrior part of me. And I walk around quite often emotionally drained, exhausted, just in a bad mood. Don't want to talk to nobody. Don't want to fool with none of that. Don't want to solve problems. I'm just being honest with y'all. I just walk around drained, and it's because I'm carrying this, this burden that's born out of love for my brothers and sisters and for humanity. This, bu- this burden is produced because I actually give a crap, right? And I'm carrying around this burden, the burden of, of, of what is happening to our nation. I'm carrying that crap around, and I'm trying to fight back against it, and I'm losing in comparison to Satan and his, uh, and his minions here on earth. See, it's interesting, you know, and Blake... I think Blake, you know, aptly said the other day, well, we do have victory. We do have victory here when we are able to lead people to Christ and we're able to impact people's lives. We do have eternal victories, um, you know, in these individual battles here that we're fighting. I'm talking about winning the overall war. I'm talking about establishing the kingdom of God with Christ as the king and humanity living in alignment with his laws and his uh, precepts and, and all that, right? That's what I'm talking about, the ultimate victory. 
uh, I just, you know, and, and so that's rubbing up really hard for me, man. And it's causing, it causes me to become exhausted. Well, does the, I mean, does the stress or strain of it come from that you can't achieve it in yourself and like no matter what you do, you yourself can never achieve it, but it's like reliance on God or, you know, that it's reliance on something else, which is God in order to win what you want to win. Yeah. Is that the problem? That's it. It is because it's because it is. It it goes back to every time you try. It, it's interesting. Everything that Jesus asks you to do as His servant will point you back to your need for Him. Mm-hmm. Everything He wants you to do is going to point you back to Him, and that's really frustrating because we want to rely on ourselves, mm-hmm. our flesh and blood, in order to carry out. Uh, whatever the mission is and accomplish victory. And he doesn't want you to do that. As a matter of fact, he makes it impossible for you to do that. Yeah. Just so you see the need for him. The very fact that he has called us to battle in a war that we can't win, uh, that, that is, that is evidence of our, that's just him showing us that we can't do anything without him. That's all. It's that's the way he's designed everything, right? It makes us hungry for the king to yeah. come. Thy kingdom come. It makes us hungry. Like I'm hungry when I say that statement. I mean it. Thy kingdom well, come, please. Yeah. Because I want victory. I want justice. Uh, I I want you to rule as you are. are you know, as as you should yeah you know and it goes back i think in scripture in and paul even writes about this and it's interesting because we're not the only ones that that every every one of his disciples were called to go and engage in this spiritual battle that i'm talking about right here this battle's been going on for for forever and he called the disciples to engage in this war the same as he's called us to engage in this war well the disciples obviously realized very quickly they were fighting a battle that they weren't ultimately going to see victory in their lifetime, and most of them were were killed because of it. Paul writes about it. says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. The Bible also calls Satan the prince of the power of the air. He is. He has reign over this earth right now and that's why we see basically the spawn the spawns of satan gain so much traction in the world in culture that's why we like if you want to be famous rich and have everything every every worldly possession and luxury and fame, go ahead and submit yourself to Satan. Yeah. <laughs> he will give you it. He will give you all the possessions of the world. He actually offered it to Jesus when he was tempting Jesus. Mm-hmm. He said, "You see all this stuff? It's all mine. And if you'll just bow to me, I'll give it all to you." He does. This, he makes the same offer to us. Yeah. 
And I see, I, going back to what I shared on Resurrected last night, I told you guys, I saw this freaking crap. I don't know if y'all have heard of this guy, man. But, uh, Chili, have you heard of this guy right here? Hold on, let me pull it up. Um, his name is Travis Scott. He call, he call, he's yeah, a rapper. A rapper. He calls himself Cactus Jack. I don't know nothing about him, but I've heard of him. Okay. Well, I never heard about this cat until I saw a news article uh, and, and also some video clips of one of his concerts. Where that, a bunch of people died? Yeah. Yeah. Have you watched that, dude? No. This dude is literally... This Travis Scott dude, he's literally like a child of Satan. It's unbelievable. If you what? watch this video, man, this guy in this concert, he's pronouncing this satanic crap over these people in this crowd, and these people are dying, and he's standing on a platform saying, like, chanting death. What? Over these people, and they're dying, and literally, it's, it's on video, and the people in the crowd are literally like, hauling these bodies away out of the crowd and there's a there's a thing up on the uh up on the backboard of of the the stage that says i'll see you on the other side it was literally like a <laughs> satanic ritual yeah and, i ain't seen none of this oh it's, i just saw, it's right here i just saw something uh some i don't even know how I, what i saw it on it said uh, massacre or tragedy or something at Travis Scott concert. Yeah, I was like, oh, I wonder what happened. I figured it was like a shooting or something. Um, no, and because I knew Travis Scott was a rapper, um, so I was like, yeah, someone must have went in there and shot people at his concert. So no, he was just uh, casting spells on them and they were dropping <laughs> dead. What in the world? I, I, I straight up, dude. I, it, I it, need to watch that then. And, I mean, and so and now there 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 are. <laughs> videos that people that were at that concert videos of them like talking about what it was like at that concert and these people that were at the concert were like i literally felt like i was in hell like people were just falling out dying around me and i felt like i was in hell it freaked me out i don't know what was happening here but uh <laughs> I, I know dude i'm telling you dude it's freaking weird dude but it ticks me off. The carnal warrior in me wants to go and eliminate this dude from the face of the earth, well, right? Yeah, I mean, Which is not the right... That's not what I was called to do. You see how the carnal and the spiritual warrior that I've been called to be are rubbing up against each other? Uh, I want to eliminate the threat, this freaking evil cat. Well, all you're saying is is you're, you're just talking... I've been thinking, I think you're just describing the conflict between our flesh and our soul. That's what I, I mean, was just our, thinking. It's the conflict of flesh and spirit, regardless yeah. of warrior or anything in, in any situation. Yeah, it's not just two. that part of your personality or whatever you want to call it, your you. It's it's just the fight between flesh and the, the physical realm and the spiritual yeah. realm. But those are good examples yeah, to... Yeah. to uh, Bring light and show how that actually. Yeah, yeah I mean, conflict. And, and it's well, and another. I think another part that that really just irks the carnal part of me is you look at this guy. He's got forty three million followers <laughs> on Instagram, 
And he's packing stadiums out a mile deep with people. Where was that? Uh, I don't know where this concert was. It, it was recent. It's all over the news. Hmm. They say 11 right now as of, well, as of a few days ago, they say the death count was 11. So what is the news? How is the news covering this? The news is they're... they're I mean, are well, they saying uh, Travis Scott? No, essentially they're channels co- Satan and no, essentially they're covering up for him. Okay, so they're not, yeah, they're not saying that that anything weird was going on here. They're just like, ah, oh, you know, we don't know. It might have been a bad batch of drugs. <laughs> it might have been like something weird going on. Okay. But the crazy part is, is this dude is standing on this pedestal and he's watching the crowd haul these dead bodies away. And instead of stopping the concert, he's standing there chanting this weird death song over these people as they're being. So it's not like he was like, holy crap, man, people are dying out here. Let's press pause real quick. Yeah. He's like, no, this is why we came here. Well, I so these people will die. I won't just sit here and ask a bunch of questions about it. I can go read the what, stuff. Yeah, what but, do you what, what whatever you read from the mainstream media, who knows? They're they're yeah, not they're obviously but, not gonna say well, it. But I am curious of this question and right now is if when he was it was he singing a song that's like already one of his songs or did he just like bust out with some like uh ken copeland homolama stuff Well, right here he's busting off with some weird stuff in yeah, this like, in is this that already like was that a song that he had already been performing you know like or did he was he you say these death chants and stuff. I'm like you'll what have is to watch it. it. Okay, you'll have to watch it. Like is that lyrics to one of his songs already or did he just come out with that as they started dying yeah as it looks here he's just coming out with that as they start dying well that's that's real weird and so and so i'm like this freaking dude this spawn of satan can pack a stadium out a mile deep with bodies of broken people and 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 i try to reach broken people and i get censored yeah that freaking drives me crazy man like i'm trying to reach broken people and i get censored and this dude is packing out stadiums a mile deep you know i'm not saying it shouldn't drive you crazy because it bothers me too but you know why that's happening i mean that's the thing it has to happen right the book that the bible tells us well that everything between right now this moment and the time that the king comes it will progressively deteriorate. Well, yeah, I mean, what has to happen is we can't. We've already. Re, I mean, this is just a reiteration of what we've already said. We can't do it. Exactly. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it. I it's not. That's, that's it's not like I'm saying you shouldn't be frustrated because it is frustrating. But it's like, yeah, we we can't do it. That's the whole point. Well, what what I mean, I think what happens most of the time is. You've used the word apathy quite a bit, and I think when you do come to the conclusion that, holy crap, well, I can't win this fight, so I'm just going to quit fighting, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to wait for the king to come. It's like, but no, that's not what Christ asked you. Yeah, he, he, he told you to go and engage the enemy on his grounds in a battle that you will lose, but you can't stop fighting. That is tough, dude. Well, that's in that's in our creed, right? Yeah. I will never quit. 
Yeah. When you get knocked down, you'll always get back. I mean, that's <sighs> that's who we that's are. That's it, man. That's you can't but, stop. You know, to me, like you get you're like, how is he doing this, packing these big stadiums? But to me, like the counterattack should be, well, all right, fine then. We're about to pack a stadium just like you did under the name of Jesus, like we've been talking about. But to me, that seems what should be the counterattack to that. Like, Yeah. I mean. Fine, then, if you want to, you know. I mean, it is happening in in some way, shape, or form through church and stuff like that. People are congregating with the name of Jesus, but I don't know. That's what I think. Well, I mean, yeah, but I guess what Chad's point was was is that's trying to be shut down at every opportunity, you know. Well, yeah, which, which is what makes I, it hard. I to, can't pack a stadium out like God. It will will have yeah. to divinely intervene in order for us to pack a stadium out. In this, it if and when it happens, it will be one hundred percent him. Yeah. 100% because there's no logical way for for me to do it or for any other it doesn't I I don't even care if it's me doing it yeah, I don't care somebody. who it is up there delivering the gospel to people stacked a mile deep and instead of people dying we <laughs> want to see people by the hundreds and thousands being born again mm-hmm your first birth with your mama gets you on the earth. The second one gets you off the earth. Yeah. Y'all understand that, right? <laughs> yep. That's what it means to be born again. That's what gets you off the earth. There ain't no other way. But that's the conflict that's been raging within me and my own internal soul. That's been exhausting me is well, engaging a, an enemy here on earth that I can't win without intervention from the king. I mean, that's listening to that, and I haven't watched it, but just hearing you talk about it, it, I mean, it will oppress your, you know, yourself. You're like, or maybe depress is the right word, but it's just like, man. What in the wor- world? Like, you see all that God does, and, and you should be able to see uh, this is God is really powerful. He's the creator. And then you see that, and that should even enhance it. Like, you should say, man, if Satan is doing that kind of stuff, and number one, it should point to the reality of the spiritual realm. And then it should just enhance and magnify that for some reason we value life and death so much when we see that Satan could physically kill somebody that it it like elevates the power of him but then on the other hand he's it, a murderer yeah and and god can give you life but for some reason people don't see that rebirth salvation life with the magnitude that they would mm. see satan killing somebody's physical body so when you see someone born again it's it's almost like i feel like people are like oh man good job i'm proud of you that's awesome and they go about their day but then you see Satan kill somebody, and you're like, oh, crap. Like, you don't just go about your day yeah, when yeah. that happens. So that should, to me, should point to the how powerful Satan is. Like, you need to be aware and conscious of it. 
and we know that God is more powerful. So whatever value, however you measure up of Satan's power, magnify that by infinity, and that's what God is. And yeah. so, the, well, God's word tells us those. Don't, don't fear the 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 people that can destroy your flesh. Yeah, feel fear the people that can destroy your freaking spirit, man. Yep. Right? What what burdens me so bad about this is there's no hope for these people that that died here. Yep. There, there's no longer any they, these people they can't they they don't get another chance and 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 it's not for me to say whether they were whether they were saved or not but uh you know i i, I can draw from logic and say if you're at a concert like this you you unless you're there specifically to witness to people you're probably not living for Christ. Yeah. Well, and the fact that of how they died is very interesting to me, and I'd like to look more into it because I don't know nothing about it, so I shouldn't even say anything because I don't know no details. But it almost sounds like they died for no reason. Like, there wasn't a physical death that occurred. It was just like their soul was just sucked down. There, yeah, you know, there's I no mean, verdict out on what you, actually killed them. You know them. what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, if someone gets ran over with a truck or shot you're like well yeah they're not going to physically survive that these people are seemingly just standing there and then all of a sudden they're getting carried off because their soul's been sucked out of them it's like man that's a different kind of death that's like if you were open to i don't know man that's that's weird well i mean you better watch your music son it seems to <laughs> surprise your music us and a lot of people but it really shouldn't it shouldn't surprise us like well that ain't common there no, but I mean, did you <laughs> not think? Shocking. Did you not think that Satan was a murderer and could kill people in that way? Like, well, good grief, man! That ain't that's weird. There, it's weird. I mean, yeah, but I mean, it, it that is what we're living in this yeah. spiritual realm, and depending on how deep you want to tap into one or the other, you can have power through whichever one yeah, you decide man. you want where the physical realm and spiritual realm meet is it it is shocking it's a weird integration and assimilation point it, it's real blurry you don't quite know where it is it's like we see the uh the the integration all the time and can feel it and can sense it but it's always not clear like that is an example where you're like man something was colliding there like the physical and the spiritual were really meshed and stuff was going on, but it's not always clear. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that line's blurry. So when you do see it and it comes in focus, you're, it's like you've had a lens off your eyes where you can see. Yeah. And it is shocking. I mean, that, that's a crazy thing. Yeah. You know, to me, it's, I mean, I don't know how this, how it works. It's almost like the physical realm to me, how I picture it is the physical realm and the spiritual realm are, are, time doesn't exist like it does in the spiritual realm so that kind of messes up my example here but it's almost like they're they're going on on top of each other and and everything is happening at the, at once but we can only see what's in the physical realm like there's stuff going on right in front of us we just can't see it and you need something some veil to be taken off your eyes and then you can see it. Like that's what we're missing. We're, we're missing the sense that we need to see it. And I think the only way you can get to that point is you get taken out of this physical realm 
but but it's like people can tap into it while they're here on yeah. some level yeah and and what is that point how are they doing that you know like i don't really want to <laughs> i mean at least not i mean it, i don't know i'm i'm where that point meets is real interesting to me I'm pretty sure that happened somewhere in the Old Testament. There was a battle going on, and I, I want—I don't know if it was with Elijah or Elisha or something, but well, Daniel, Daniel did. I mean, there's, right there's with the Daniel of, when he was fasting and the angel was coming, and he said, "Hey, I encountered a battle on my way down." No, 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 no. This this is one where there was an actual physical battle happening. I'll have to find it in scripture, but somehow. The veil was removed from the onlooker's eyes, and he could all of a sudden see the array of uh, the array of the spiritual army that was lined up for battle on that battlefield. Like it was all invisible in the spiritual world, world until God removed that veil from the person's eyes, like Chili was talking about, and then all of a sudden he was like, "Holy smokes!" And I think Jesus talked about it too when when Jesus was like, do, do you not think that I could just call my father and he would send so many legions of angels mm -hmm. right now to rescue me from this situation? Um, and really imagine how Jesus felt on the cross as he was being killed and crucified. And he understood and he could see all of this that was happening in both the spiritual and the physical realm. He had complete understanding knowledge of and vision of all of it happening uh. imagine how he felt going through with allowing the minions of satan to crucify him on the cross and he just he just let it happen because no, no. he knew he was like it's it's <laughs> like the okie doke he's like <laughs> go for it man yeah. I, i'm gonna take this death you're putting on me and then i'm just i'm just gonna crush it right but here think about it he went into a battle where he knew he was going to be tortured and killed. Yeah. And he willfully went into it because of his hope for the ultimate, or his knowledge of the ultimate victory. Well, yeah, I mean, we've talked about it before. He, I mean, I don't think this is debatable. He, he willingly took on hell, literally. And defeated it. I mean, he knew he was going to win. He knew he was going to win, but he <laughs> but knew yeah. he had to be yeah, tortured I mean, and he, killed. Like, to do it. Yeah, he I, had there had to be something to win against. Yeah, I mean, it's like he always knew. He lost in the physical realm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, well I mean, not really. Not, he, <laughs> well, he did. When he rose again, he even won in the physical realm. You're talking about battles and wars here. He yeah. might have lost a little battle right there. I mean, it's, I don't know. It's like, did Jesus always see that? Could he have, could he always see You know, and you may say, no, he was fully human, so he was like us. He couldn't see it. And I'm like, yeah, but. I think even us sometimes can see stuff. Like, did he always see the big picture? I don't know. I don't know. And like Ezekiel's vision, you know? I think he had. I mean, he... He had to have. Probably I mean. had to have. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't know, man. It's so... Yeah. This... I mean, thinking of this should do nothing but give you confidence in doing what God's called you to do. Like, there should... If you are doing... If you're fulfilling the will of God, there should be not one doubt in your mind that you're going to be successful and do well in whatever you're going to do. Because if you could see the spiritual realm and you say, oh, I'm going to go this way because this is what I think is good. And there ain't nobody over there to help you. There ain't no angels. God ain't over there. Cause that ain't what he's got planned for you. But you can see over here, this don't make no sense, 
but the streets are lined with angels, son, and God is right there in control of them, and it might look like hell down that road, but look at everything that's right there that I can call in yeah. at the drop of a hat, like all the resources you have, and if I don't know, metaphorically, if you think of it in your mind, it should do nothing but just give you 100% confidence in everything, because, I mean, it. everybody on earth would be lying if they would say that there's not a time that they're doing something where they thought, I don't, and I don't know if this is going to work out. Uh-huh. Even if they feel like it's what God's calling them to do, you've, you've had an inkling of doubt. No, um, maybe big, maybe little, but you've had some to where you said, ah, dang, this just don't make sense, and I don't oh, know if yeah. this is right. Yeah, but of course. once you decide it's right, it should be no looking back. Well, I mean... I'm sitting here thinking about the the spiritual realm, and a lot of times there's things in, I don't know what the word is, because science has a clear definition to me, but that's the way people use that word. I mean, I guess the scientific community, the majority of the people that are scientists, uh, come up with so many things to try to like skirt around how we talk and view things, mm-hmm. you know, because they have a different worldview, but... uh one of them is when I think of when they talk about the dimensions. You know, we yeah. have the dimensions that we exist in and can sense and see, and then there's so many beyond it. I'm like, that's what the spiritual realm is. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm like, I don't think they're talking about anything different than we are. They're just trying to deny what we're talking about and create something else. I think that's what it is. It's like these things that we can't see. And we've talked about it before a while back about psychedelics and how people they see these visions and 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 all this when they're on psychedelics and i'm like i'm not saying i don't know whether they're seeing something or not it seems perfectly plausible to me that they're tapping into something yeah (laughs) evil you know Mm -hmm. i don't know so maybe that's one way that people in the physical realm can kind of tap into it it's so blurry i don't know how people i don't know well and i think if if we're trying to think of like what that looks like for us to be here and the spiritual realm also existing around us. Mm-hmm. And and you look at the examples God has given us through atmospheres and space and things mm-hmm. like that. And so like how we're down here operating and say like a storm's going on, like, so you've got that kind of happening mm-hmm. in your atmosphere, mm-hmm. right? Like it may not be bearing down mm-hmm. right on you, but it's happening and you get in an airplane and what do they do in the storm? They fly up real high and above it. It's all mm-hmm. sunny. And so you've got the different layers and different atmospheres. And to me, that's a like an example that he has put here to maybe give us a vision or insight well, as to what this... It doesn't matter what it looks like, but to gain a little understanding helps you to like un- just live it out better, I think. Yeah, and, well, even other creatures, like bugs don't have all the... Their reality is different than... Ours, basically. Yeah. Like, they don't see what we see. They don't see how we see. They don't think, I mean, depends on what it is. I don't think certain ones can smell, mm-hmm. can feel like we can feel. I mean, they have a totally different experience on the same earth at the same time. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like they're missing something. They, they're they missing some sense that they would need to experience life how we experience yeah. it. And we're missing something. Well, Paul said he was called up into the third heaven. Talking about realms. Mm-hmm. Um, here, I found this, and uh, this is the story I was talking to you guys about a minute ago. This is in Second Kings chapter 6. 
basically the king of Aram <clears throat> came to war against Israel. And the prophet Elisha was basically giving counsel to the king of Israel. And they wake up in the morning of battle, and the king of Israel goes out and sees the armies of Aram arrayed against Israel overwhelmingly. And so um, Elisha got up, and it says horses and chariots had surrounded the city, and the servant of the king says, Oh no, my lord, what shall we do? And Elisha answers and says, Don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. In the physical realm, they couldn't see that, though. Then Elisha prayed, Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And as the enemy came down toward him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, Strike this army with blindness. So he struck them with blindness, as Elisha had asked. And Elisha told them, This is not the road, and this is not the city. Follow me, and I will lead you to the man you are looking for. And he led them, the whole army off to Samaria as they were struck with blindness. So here we see, this is a clear picture of what's going on in the spiritual realm when that veil is removed from the servant's eyes and he can see these chariots of God arrayed in defense of Israel against a physical enemy mm-hmm. that is fighting in a carnal battle. So it's happening, man. And it's happening with this freaking turd rapper guy. And um, it ticks me off, man. But, you know, I'm ticked off because I'm being carnal is ultimately what it is. And I'm not putting my faith in the ultimate victory and in the literal return of the king. Well, yeah, I mean, what we should draw from that are the things we've already mentioned, but also that it matters what you do today. Like, the urgency that you should have with sharing Jesus with other people, it shouldn't just be something that happens, like you're eating lunch and you just this just happens to be a good opportunity, right? Like, it should be, I don't even like the intentional word, but you should be actively doing something every day on purpose when you think about it at this level yeah yeah i mean it think about if someone would have been if a christian would have been thinking that way would one of those 11 people have not been there and died and i mean we don't know but plausibly went to hell i mean that is how i mean you gotta think about that stuff how are you being urgent with sharing the gospel with other people. It it shouldn't just be something that happens in passing. It it has to happen on purpose every day as much as you can do. And, man, that's all that matters. It, I've been thinking a lot of just boiling it down, and people build this life up into much more than what it is. Oh, yeah. And, and, and when you really think about what it is that... God is in all control. He created us to have a relationship with him. And that's 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 it. And it can feel like a letdown because you have let, built this life up to be something that you think is so extravagant and all, you know, whether it's material possessions or relationship whatever it is, money, and you realize 
literally none of it means anything. It Mm-mm. is so just, it, it's a waste of time. Yeah. And it takes, I mean, I don't know. It just takes a revelation to really get that in your mind and think that this is really all that I have to do. It's just one thing that simple. Yeah. Well, you're exactly right, Blake. And I was asking myself as I was processing through these thoughts the other day, I was praying to God and being like, God, am I doing something wrong? Like with my time, am I doing something wrong here? Is this why I feel so exhausted? And and yeah, I, I think the answer is yes, I am doing something wrong because a lot of days I'm treating this life like it's eternity mm-hmm. and I'm wasting time yeah, trying to impact carnal issues when in all reality, that's not a solution to the problem. Although it's, it, it looks like a tangible solution to us. A temporary, it's a temporary yeah. solution to the, yeah. whatever the, and problem I, I'm not saying that I should, uh, I should just stop trying to impact these carnal issues uh, and, and just use that time as my free time. No, I'm saying maybe I should shift my focus on what Blake is talking about right here uh, and, and maybe I would not become so exhausted. And a lot of it too, I think, is perspective on, on what you're doing because all those things that we talk about that are going on, they are valid, like, valid concerns but it's the perspective that you think about how and why you're doing it because i mean i'm i'm guilty of doing the same thing of of wasting my time on things that don't matter and also look doing things that do matter but in my mind i'm thinking like this will fix the problem like it, it's a i'm not realizing it's a temporary issue where if I had the perspective of, all right, I, I'm going to go fix this problem through a deeper rooted meaning of, of trans, trying to tran- have that person be transformed by Jesus. And that's just that problem being fixed is a side effect. I don't, I'm not explaining it well, but it, it's, I think the things we talk about, the modern issues, whatever you want to say are worthy, but it's the perspective on how you are approaching it it's all three of us have been trying to say it for the last several podcasts independently in our own way we've all three at different times and and in our own way tried to say that we're done dealing with flesh problems Mm -hmm. essentially we're bad over it i mean i think that's about maxed out on it i think that's where we've all came to i said it Couple of weeks ago, Blake's been that way for he way longer than us. We tried to fight these piddly battles <laughs> for too long, you know. And Chad's just saying it now, like we're we're about over it. I yeah. mean, it's it doesn't matter, you know. It matters because that's where we're here, and that's the things that we are. I mean, that is our life dealing with those issues. Well, that I, that is what you do on Earth. Yeah. But like, if that's all, if that's what your focus is on, and and it's not having to get through those things for the bigger picture that it's it's meaningless and we're just looking at the the surface stuff yeah for life to happen all of that all of those things have to be dealt with 
the issue is is that humans cannot deal with those problems and still have Jesus in mind while they deal with them. They get consumed with that issue at hand, mm-hmm. and then it becomes overwhelming, and Jesus falls to the side. And I think a lot about, huh? huh. I think a lot about that that um, you shared about Brooke, like when she came out of addiction, and she said, "Man, is is this what life is?" I feel like people have to have that revelation about how simple the Christian life, our life on here on, on earth should be. It, they should say, man, is this what life is? Uh-huh. Is it really this simple? Is this really all there is to it? While I'm not downgrading, I'm, I'm trying to e- explain the simplicity of it and just what really matters. Like you have to see, man, that's that's well, all yeah. it is. What well, what really matters versus what you think matters because yeah. the the you know the the reality of life is is we spend so much of our time and energy to stack up resources in preparation for the rest of our life whether that's money whether it's possessions mm-hmm. whether it's arms I don't mean like biceps I mean like guns <laughs> and ammunition um I mean, I'm guilty of that. I, I have a freaking armor. We have an armory that we could wage war against any military on on equal grounds in terms of small arms. Uh, you know, we spend a lot of time thinking and preparing, and and it's it's interesting because the God's word says, "Take no thought for your life or what you should eat or what you should drink." Don't take don't think about your body what you should put on is not life more than meat and the body more than raiment behold the fowls of the air they don't sow they don't reap nor do they gather into barns yet your heavenly father feedeth them are you not much better than them mm-hmm. uh, which of you by taking thought can add one cubit to a stature and why do you think of your raiment consider the lilies of the field how they grow they toil not neither do they spin and yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Uh, if he clothes the gra- if God clothes the grass of the field, which today is here and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall he not much more clothe, clothe you, O ye of little faith? Mm-hmm. Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat or drink, or where shall we be clothed? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, the pagans seek, right? For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things. There's a caveat to this, though. This only happens if you follow along here in verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things shall be added unto you. Mm -hmm. Jesus didn't say kick back and I'm going to take care of you. He said, no, there's a stipulation. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then I will add all of these unto you. Mm -hmm. And, and, but, but we do that in reverse. We toil all of our time and our energy to stack up food and raiment and preparation. And then with whatever time's left, we seek God. Well, it's because we know we're going to die. That's why we still have the urge to, to store stuff up. Because 
we will be provided for, but but that all that doesn't mean that we're ultimately not going to die. No, no. I mean, but that's it, it the means thing. you'll be provided for in life yeah. only if you first seek the kingdom of God. Right. And but but we know that like it's not lying when it says you'll be provided for, but ultimately your life here will end. And so people can't get over that and not try to prep. You know, yeah. to prolong their life. I mean, that's why I joked with you before when you asked me like what I was going to do at the end when things when the crap hit the fan, and I said I'm just going to walk out about ten feet in front of my house and lay down. <laughs> and I was I was kidding. I mean, I'm not. But you know, you can't. No matter how much you put effort into trying to prolong your life just on your own, with that, it ain't going to work. No, I, I mean, I think the the lesson in what Chad shared is that. You shouldn't put any effort into right. trying to prolong your life. Just follow Jesus, and yep. you will literally be—you'll be taken care of. And I think of <laughs> and, and taken care of is relative. It yeah. don't mean you're going to live in an eight million dollar house. Jesus promises you're to meet your daily needs yeah. if you seek first His kingdom. Yeah, I think of the the example where He's calling. I don't remember who it was to follow Him, and they said, "Well." Uh, I I think it's their dad. They said, well, let us go bury our da- our dad first. And he says, let the dead bury their own. Just come follow me. And, you know, there's some different commentary on what that means. But it, regardless, to me, it's pretty simple is let everything take care of, its, of itself. Put it all down. It, there's no buts. No, it's not, hey, come follow me. All right, but uh, let me get this stuff figured out. And make sure I've got enough just in case you let me down. And if you do, I've got this little store of food and cache of weapons here. And then and then I'll come follow you. Yeah. And i got this backup plan. Yep. It's no. There's like no backup plan. Let the dead bury their own dead and just come on. Mm-hmm. I got you. Well, and that's how you have to. That's really how you have to approach things that you really want to accomplish in life just in general is no plan B. Yeah, I mean, really, a lot of times when you give yourself an out, you're going to take it. Well, you, if, you and you know that this is how, like, the Quakers and the Puritans, and that's how they live. They would not own arms. They acknowledged the fact that they were engaged in battle, but they would not own physical arms. They were pacifists. It's, I mean, it's interesting, though. It's, it, it's a testament to... To their faith, yeah, that as long as they were seeking first the kingdom of God, and and to say they were pacifists, I think is inaccurate because they were deeply engaged in a battle, a spiritual battle. Yeah, but, but they had zero concern with their own physical body, their life. Essentially, they had zero concern with that, or they they also had zero concern with the the physical realm, the 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 carnal battle yeah, that I mean, was being waged. They were physical waged. pacifists, I guess, because yes, yeah. just... <laughs> but spiritually they were they were warriors to the point that they said, "No, we're not going to own any weapons because God has not called me to fight a carnal battle. We're engaged in this spiritual warfare that that is that is being waged." And well, they were the opposite of you. Yeah, exactly, they man. They were saying, "Man, no, this spiritual warrior is rising up within me." At you know, just totally opposite. I don't need these guns. Yeah, yeah. 
It's crazy, man. When you look back on the history of the the Puritans and and the Quakers and those kind of you know old school, how right they actually were, man. Well, but, yeah. I mean, about what we're talking about is that that's. I don't know how I've talked about it. I've mentioned the word apathy, like you said, because it's hard not to be that way. Yeah. When, because because it's hard to understand how to live. You know, only being concerned about the spiritual, because you're like, but I'm still here. Somehow, I have to. That dynamic is just hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just gotta wait on that new heaven and new earth. The king is coming, son. That's the cycle, right? The king is coming, and this 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 warrior mentality within me. I'm telling you, every one of my prayers ends with "Thy kingdom come." Because I am hungry for victory. I like to win, son. But I can't win until thy kingdom comes. <laughs> we got to shut this unit down. We've been on this joker for an hour and 20 minutes. Good gosh almighty. There's a lot of good stuff there. <sighs> well, me. we love you guys. If you got anything out of this conversation, please share it. We depend on you guys for this thing to grow. Uh, we depend on you guys. If there's anything valuable in this conversation or that you think is valuable to put the word out, all we can do is sit down here and think about this stuff and record the conversations. We can't do nothing without you guys. That's why I reference three of seven project as the body of three of seven project me being just a small part of that body. Mm -hmm. So if you could share this episode with somebody that you know, or on social media or just in some place, if you got anything from it, we would greatly appreciate it because that's the only way any of this mess works. Um, Thank you. Enough said.